Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me now on the new Fox Sports app or foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. That is here. Apologies for the interruption and the normal flow of episodes. I had a Wi-Fi outage, and by the time it was restored, it was too late to still get an episode out. And I have to say, it's amazing how missing just one day will cause a pileup of topics that need addressing. But that's what we have. Among the subjects that need to be addressed at some point are how to explain what the Nets and 76ers are doing, which is winning, while missing, both missing one of their stars in Ben Simmons for the Sixers, and Kyrie Irving for the Nets. And while I know Simmons' stock has dropped like some bad crypto, uh, he still deserves the star label for now. Maybe dimmed star, lesser star, but star nonetheless. Second part to the how are they doing a question is who is more likely to sustain it? So that's one, possibly two topics. Another is a second look at the situation with Phoenix Suns' Robert Sarver, the owner. The response and careful non-response of certain figures who have orbited through Sarver's sphere and the revelation that Sarver's wife, Penny, not only has contacted several former Suns employees, presumably ones who were known to provide material for the ESPN story describing a toxic work environment fostered by her husband, But that she then came out and essentially said, you're damn right I reached out and contacted them. And I let them know. (laughs) Oh, the audacity. Uh, And then there's the mythical creature, thought to be extinct, but now once again roaming NBA hardwoods across the land. The fearsome big man. Now the term has been redefined a little bit. The days of the lumbering 280-pound seven-footer are gone forever. But there are all sorts of indicators that size once again matters, at least a little. So I do need to get to that at some point. I've been teasing it for a while, and I will eventually. You know, I always do. 
But what I want to get into in this episode is the debate over what happened between Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris in the Denver Nuggets 113-96 win about 48 hours ago. Maybe it's because I've seen some of the inflammatory headlines by clickbaiters trying to get the video clip viewed on their site. Stupid headlines like, Jokic almost ended Morris's career. Before I get to that, though, I do want to mention my main sponsor, and that is Mizzen and Main. M-I-Z-Z-E-N-M-A-I-N.com. They make men's shirts, slacks, hoodies, polos, and it's all made out of performance wear material. If you see me on TV, I'm invariably wearing one of their shirts and possibly one of their jackets. The beauty of it is they are high fashion shirts, yet they need no ironing, no dry cleaning, and they leave no embarrassing sweat marks, no matter how hot it is or how much you might be perspiring. That's why I wear them. The material is super comfortable, yet it's made so that I can wear a tie or a suit jacket, and they look as good as any of the high fashion label shirts I used to wear. And I got a special deal for you, just my listeners. Use the promo code BUCHER35, that's B-U-C-H-E-R-3-5, on your next order, and they will take $35 off. That's the deal. Mizzen and Main, M-I-Z-Z-E-N-M-A-I-N.com. At least go check them out. I'm sure if you do, you'll end up getting something. Okay, on with the show. For those who don't know what happened between Jokic and Morris, or only saw the clip of the interaction between those two, let me set the scene and then take you through the entire sequence. Because without doing that, you can't really come to a clear and fair assessment of who played what role in Jokic ultimately hitting Morris in the back with a forearm that crumpled Morris to the floor and resulted in both of them being ejected. Now, if we truly want to start this at the beginning beginning, we have to take into account the mindset of the respective teams coming into the game and where those mindsets were as it came to a close. The Nuggets have had an up-and-down season so far, and we're playing without both Jamal Murray, who has been out all year, and Michael Porter Jr., who missed his first game of the season with a back issue that is expected to have him miss at least a few more. Porter dropped to the Nuggets in the draft after having back surgery in college, and there have always been concerns that his career could be cut short because of it. So this is a a little bit nerve-wracking for the Nuggets as far as Porter and his future. Now, while immensely talented... This is a little bit different. It's nerve-wracking for the front office. And maybe Michael Malone, but mostly the front office. Because while immensely talented, my guess is that the rest of the Nuggets felt a certain liberation in not having Porter in the lineup. Because he is a gunner. And, at the moment, not a very efficient one. He averaged the third most shots on the team through the first nine games and yet had the fifth highest scoring average. He's got the worst overall shooting percentage among the starters 
and attempts the second most threes while having the ninth best three-point shooting percentage. You want to piss off your teammates? That's an excellent way to do it. Anyway, the Nuggets came into the game technically shorthanded, yet sliced and diced the heat, enjoying a 15-point halftime lead and never letting it get below double digits the entire second half. Jokic was at the heart of it, going 5-for-5 in the first half and finishing with a smooth triple-double 25 points, 15 boards, and 10 assists with a couple of steals and a couple of blocked shots to boot. So, the Nuggets feeling pretty damn spiffy for several different good reasons by the end of the night. The Heat, meanwhile, were on a slightly different trajectory. After blowing out six of their first seven opponents this season, they got smacked by the struggling Boston Celtics on their home floor before eking out a three-point win over the visiting Utah Jazz. The Nuggets were essentially handing the Heat their second blowout loss in three games, and it was coming at the start of a five-game West Coast swing. Getting up early and keeping teams at arm's length was what the Heat had been doing to start the season, and now they were on the other side of that equation. So here's the sequence in the game that led to Jokic whacking Morris. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Nuggets were up by 17 with less than three minutes to play when Bam Adebayo, the Heat center, went up for a layup with Jokic lurking behind him. Now, attempting to keep Jokic from blocking his shot from behind, Bam bumped back into him once, twice, and then went up. It didn't work. Jokic still blocked the shot, and Bam went sprawling to the ground as Jokic then turned up court on a same semi-fast break. I say semi because the Heat had their other four players back and behind the ball. Uh, at that point, the Heat were just salty about everything, including the fact that they thought Jokic fouled out of bio. Both Morris and Tyler Hero throw up their hands as if to say WTF. The ref said, play on. So Jokic did. He brings the ball up court, and as he gets to the center circle or approaches the center circle, he stretches out to throw a two-handed pass intended for Monty Morris on the right wing. No relation to Markeef, who took that opportunity to hit Jokic in the ribs with a shoulder and an elbow. Think of a quarterback, arm raised to throw, ribs exposed, and feet in the air attempting a jump pass, getting trucked in the ribs by a blitzing, blitzing linebacker. That's what Jokic got from Morris. Maybe not the full speed of a blitzing linebacker, but nonetheless, it was a shot. This came up by 17 with less than three minutes to play. I reiterate those numbers because the game was over. It had been over. I don't understand 
in the larger sense why take fouls have become so prevalent even when a team has defenders back and the offensive team isn't even displaying the urgency that goes with trying to score on the break, which would describe what the Nuggets were doing in this situation. But what Morris did was more than a take foul to stop a five-on-four break. It was a frustration foul because he was down by 17 with less than three minutes to play and was upset that his big man got stuffed by the other team's big man and there was no call. It was insult to injury. Now, I've long respected both Marcus and Markeith Morris, or at least had a soft spot for them. I did a story on them when they had a chance to play together in Phoenix and were sorely disappointed when Marcus was unexpectedly traded to Detroit and broke that up. I visited where they grew up, a rough rundown section of Philly, in doing the story. I know where they come from. Jimmy Butler, with two Philly guys like Markeith, and Kyle Lowry, guarantees that the Heat will not want for in-your-face physical nastiness this season. But here's where I thought Markeith came up short on the toughness meter, and that was hitting Jokic hard in the ribs, way, way beyond what was necessary for a take foul, and then turning his back and walking away as if he hadn't done anything. It's the equivalent of sticking your leg out to trip someone, and then pretending as if you have no idea how or why the person fell on their face. It's chicken spit. Take the foul. Take a hard foul. Take a, I'm pissed off and I'm good with going to the locker room early for venting my frustration on Jokic's ribs foul. But don't commit that kind of foul. And then pretend as if nothing happened. If I'm Jokic... That would have enraged me as much as getting hit in my outstretched ribs trying to pass the ball in a game that had long been decided. So, Jokic sees red, lunges forward, and hits Morris hard in the middle to lower part of his back with a forearm, enough for Morris's head to snap back from the blow before he fell to the floor. Morris then curled up in somewhat of a fetal position, arms blocking his face, as if he expected Jokic to follow up with a barrage of punches. And this, by the way, is the problem with all the flopping and acting and fakery that is so prevalent in the league today. My first thought was, he got hit hard, but he didn't get hit that hard. Why is he covering up his face? This feels like he's trying to make more of this than it really is. And then Butler, in keeping with his personality, was barking at Jokic to come back by the locker rooms and settle everything. Heat coach Eric Spolster described Jokic's hit afterward as a dirty play. Jokic, who will serve a one-game suspension along with the ejection, was remorseful after seeing the video. And as a sideshow, Marcus Morris and Jokic's two older brothers, the three of them reminding me of the Hanson brothers from the classic Paul Newman movie Slapshot. If you have not seen it, please... I recommend it highly. Uh, but essentially, they're three big, burly Eastern Europeans. Not the Hansen brothers, but uh, the Jokic brothers. All big, all as big nearly as Nikola, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, the Jokic brothers got into a Twitter, Twitter beef over who did what with the Morris twins. Spolstra is right. It was a dirty play as was what Markeith did. Unquestionably, also a dirty play. I had to laugh when one writer 
that I read suggested that Jokic responded to what he felt was a cheap shot from Morris. What are we talking about? Why this fear to call it the way it is? It was an unmitigated cheap shot. Morris might not have hit him as hard, but Jokic did not expect Markeith to hit him that way any more than Markeith expected Jokic to retaliate with the force that he did. That's why Markeith received a flagrant two foul. He wasn't escorted to the locker room just because he was rattled from Jokic's hit. He was also ejected from the game because the refs deemed his hit on Jokic to be completely unnecessary and dangerous. But here's the distinction for me. Markeith had to know something was coming from Jokic. And he should have faced it. You want to take a shot at a guy and walk away with your hand raised acknowledging the foul. Okay, but don't turn your back and walk away as if nothing happened or you didn't do anything. The commentary that I find the hardest to take is the notion that because Jokic is the reigning MVP and a far more accomplished player, he should be above reacting the way he did. As a star player, sure, you should be able to build up a reserve of patience and thick skin when teams and lesser players try to reduce your talent advantage by inducing you to get angry or emotional and lose focus. You're going to get a lot of that, so you should be used to it. And I'm guessing that if the incident had occurred in one of the first three quarters of the game, although for the reasons I stated, I kind of doubt Markeith would have done it then, Jokic wouldn't have reacted the way he did. That part of his reaction was inspired by the fact that he had nothing to lose because the game had already been won. And no, I don't want to hear about how he might have lost his right to play or sustained a long suspension if Morris had suffered a truly significant injury. The league wasn't buying that. And the proof is that it took them less than 24 hours to give Jokic a one-game suspension rather than wait and investigate and see if Morris was going to miss any time, if there the result of Jokic's hit was actually a serious injury. And they not only didn't wait to give Jokic his measly one-game suspension, they then slapped Morris with a $50,000 fine, which is $48,000 more than the minimum fine of $2,000 for a flagrant two. Butler's attempt to incite a post-game riot, meanwhile, cost him 30 large. The league's message to the Heat, you can be frustrated all you want. If you try to incite harm and chaos while venting, it's going to cost you. So, in the end, all this consternation about what Jokic did and why he shouldn't have and how egregious it was, yeah, I'm going to say the Miami Heat were pretty much the dopes and got what was coming to them in more ways than one. This is all you pretty much need to know about the respective intentions of Jokic and Morris. Jokic has publicly expressed his regret for having done it. Why he did it doesn't require any explanation, though. On the other hand, we haven't heard a peep from Markeith. And knowing him, I'm pretty confident he knows that what he did was over the line. And I genuinely don't believe he was looking to injure Jokic. But if he talked about it, 
he might have to answer why he did it. And the answer is, well, we were getting our asses beat, and I didn't like it. Which ain't the most noble of reasons for taking a shot at someone's ribs. With less than three minutes to go, down by 17. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And I know by the numbers that we have a lot of new listeners, and I certainly appreciate that. But I would appreciate it even more if you guys would take the trouble of rating and reviewing the show. Thank you in advance. As I mentioned at the top of the show, got a number of topics that still need to be delved into before the week is out, and I will indeed get to them. Which one? In the next episode, you will just have to wait and find out. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusive Exclusions apply. See site for details.